वेलकम टू बी आई एस रिसर्च डीप टेक पॉडकास्ट आई एम योर होस्ट सत्येंद्र सिंह वी नो दैट यू आर नो स्ट्रेंजर टू वेरेबल पैचेस बट देर आर मेनी इंटरेस्टिंग थिंग्स हैपनिंग अंडर दिस अम्ब्रेला दैट यू हैव प्रोबेबली मिस्ड वेरेबल पैचेस मार्केट कंसिस्ट ऑफ वेरेबल पैचेस दैट एड इन थेरापेटिक्स मॉनिटरिंग एंड डायग्नोसिस ऑफ कंडीशंस द वेरेबल पैचेस आर यूज फॉर डिफरेंट पर्पजेज सच एज मॉनिटरिंग हार्ट रेट ब्लड ग्लूकोज ब्लड प्रेशर एस पी ओ टू लेवल एंड टेम्परेचर अमंग अदर्स Today we will try to unearth and explore wearable patch market and talk about the future of the market. I have Gabriel Nalathambi, director at Vital Connect with me. Hi Gabriel, welcome to the Deep Tech Talk. Thank you very much for having me on your program. So when you said that development of next generation wearable patches so what do you mean by that so uh, are the current generation uh, wearable patches what is, what was the difference and what new uh, is you are working on so what is the overall difference you are seeing into this market uh i would say if you look at you know some of the recent developments uh in the wearable patch market right specifically i think uh, the some of the game changing developments there is a uh, miniaturization of the devices mm-hmm. towards uh, longer term use as well as uh, towards greater comfort and then you also have convergence of uh, uh multiple sensors into the same patch i mean if you look at let's say you know 10 or 15 years ago at the beginning of the market people used to focus on one vital sign for example you may have a temperature patch or you may have a ecg patch but uh, i think these days there is a convergence of multiple different technologies into a single patch and then finally on top of this uh, you have uh, since you have a lot of uh, data being generated that opens up the entire new field of predictive analytics so uh, i think you know these are some of the game changing developments that's happening in the wearable patch market Okay. okay. So now, generation of in a uh, okay. patches as well as the associated uh, systems. So those uh, where the individual patches were now are getting into one single patch where they can have multiple parameters getting assessed, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, in this, if we see uh, which like uh, why. Uh, a heart is important and why not more the temperature and like in covid we seen that there is a demand for spo2 so do you think that the spo2 will be a, a driving factor or there would be other factors as well uh in terms of the driving factors i think uh, definitely there is an increasing need for remote monitoring primarily driven by the pandemic so that has accelerated the clinical adoption of these devices uh, but i think uh, to be very successful in the market you need to have a good reimbursement strategy and if you look at the current reimbursement strategy especially uh, in the us there is a well laid out uh, reimbursement strategy for the cardiac monitoring and i think uh, that's definitely one of the major driving factors now we aspire to obviously it's very important for covid-19 and i think we will continue to see uh demand for that but eventually it all boils down to having a good reimbursement strategy okay okay so uh, 
like uh, in this uh, earlier you said that there is a lot of data is being generated in this uh, variable patch market so how ai is playing the role uh, in data analysis and uh, how these algorithms are helping right i mean uh, since we are continuously monitoring the patients and often times it's multiple parameters being monitored simultaneously you could very uh, you could easily imagine that we'll have in you know, a millions of sample points right and nobody is going to take the time to review all the data so we need a way to convert the raw data into intelligence and eventually actionable events that with which we could alert the clinicians so the process of converting the raw data into intelligence and actionable events in that process ai algorithms play a vital role uh besides that uh, we already talked about predictive analytics right so uh, with lot of data you could build more complex models towards predicting new diseases or uh, predicting deterioration specifically and uh, we could also derive new insights from the data using this ai algorithms okay, okay. so uh, how if if we have to compare these variable patches uh, which are new uh, method for remote patient monitoring with the traditional ones so how much of the accuracy we can see uh, in these uh, if we have to compare uh so most of the variable devices that uh, will be marketed in the us right they will be classed to medical devices so uh especially geared towards hospital use so these devices they have to undergo the fda submission process though so there will be very stringent requirements in terms of accuracy so we have to meet the clinical grade accuracy now without meeting that we won't get uh, clearance from the fda so it's very vital uh part of the process now the consumer devices that's a totally different market uh that that may not be you know uh, stringent regulatory uh, requirements on accuracy but variable patches geared towards clinical use they all have to meet the accuracy standards okay so uh uh i i have one question here so uh, then there are these bands okay so these bands are also able to uh, i say monitor uh, this heart rate and uh, now they also have this stress level monitoring oxygen level monitoring so why uh, because i think uh, the variable compared to variable patches these are uh, quite easy to use right so why uh, do you think that variable patches will have further uh, this kind of uh, development where the bands will be taking over this variable patch or something like this what do you think uh i think both the uh, form factors can coexist uh most of the bands right they are i mean these days most smart watches they all have uh, optical sensors for monitoring heart rate spo2 even you know blood pressure or temperature uh but those are geared towards consumer device markets uh whereas variable patches whether it's you know ecg patch or heart rate patch uh temperature right or, or respiratory rate monitoring patches they are uh geared towards continuous non invasive monitoring primarily in hospital settings or home care settings and they have to undergo uh, rigorous fda uh, approval process 
So uh, I don't think, uh, I think both uh, these devices have their own niche area. And obviously, uh, you know, we could see some convergence in the years to come. But I think in the very near future, both will coexist at the same time. Okay. So uh, coming to the next question. So there are these raw materials which are used and uh, what I know that those materials uh, also need to be US FDA approved before getting uh, used into this sensor along with sensor and to be a wearable patch. So any uh, innovation you think in uh, material standpoint of view is happening into this market? Uh, unfortunately, I'm not aware of uh, material advances. So, you know, it's mm -hmm. uh, outside my expertise. No, but no, you're right, all, all suppliers, they need to, you know, uh, be approved by the FDA. So, uh, but I'm not familiar with any material advances. Not an issue, Gabriel. So, uh, uh, like moving to next question, what I have is this industry is uh, driven majorly by what I have seen during my uh, research. That is, uh, more the patents you have, the more uh, success rate or more area you can focus on. So, uh, do you think that uh, there? I think there are some players who are having patents and they are giving it to other companies who are, who are into technical development of products. So, is this uh, scenario as well into this market? Yeah, I think uh, there are definitely companies who have uh, licensing the IP as their business model. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, uh, uh, I think that's a viable business model. But I'm not familiar of any big companies that do that exclusively. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely, there are some niche players. Uh, with regard to either algorithms or with regard to, you know, uh, sensors themselves. Okay. So, uh, these wearable patches, uh, which are clinically, uh, need to be approved, uh, can patients are eligible to buy these directly over the counter or there is a certain process which they have to follow? Uh, it depends, right? If it's a class two medical device in the U S uh, it, we could get it only with prescription. There are some class one devices which may be over the counter. So yeah, it depends on the FDA class. All right. Thank you so much, Gabriel, for taking your time to coming on and sharing the work that you are doing in this industry. I'm super excited and I know our listeners would be too. Thanks for listening to Deep Tech Podcast by BIS Research. In case you wish to know more about different industries, do visit our website at bisresearch.com and read through the different market intelligence studies that have been published by us across industries. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on Spotify and Amazon Music.